0: This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Hey, friends, guess what? It's time for Soul Survival Weekend at the Omega Institute. I'm going to be in upstate New York at the Omega Institute on September 8th through the 10th and I want you to join me. It's just a month away. I will be joined by the phenomenal psychic medium, John Holland. He is considered one of the world's foremost mediums in the world. You will experience his mediumship and who knows, maybe he's going to connect with one of your long lost loved ones. You will also hear from Anita Morjani, whose transformational near-death experience has changed millions of lives around the world. I cannot wait to hear about that. And Rebecca Campbell is going to guide us all through a beautifully nurturing soul journey that you will love. And of course, I am going to take us all through a very long and transformational past life regression session. We're also going to have a panel so that you can meet us and ask us any questions you'd like. We're going to be up there in the beautiful surroundings of upstate New York, nurtured by nature, and just having a beautiful healing weekend of retreat, restoration, and rejuvenation. So join me for Soul Survival, Reawaken the Joy Within on September 8th through the 10th and I cannot wait to see you there. Welcome to Healing Arts. I'm your host, Dr. Shelley Kerr. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I am super excited. I've got my friend, Reverend Wendy Van Allen on the show. She's got an amazing new book. It is called Relighting the Cauldron, Embracing Nature Spirituality in Our Modern World. And I'm one of the first people who has a copy of this book because it's coming out very, very soon. Wendy, this is highly recommended. Wendy has an incredible background we want to get into today. So Wendy, congratulations on the new book. I love it. Welcome to Healing Arts.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be on your show. I, I appreciate it and I appreciate that we have a lot of simpatico. We, we, we're really on like doing kind of, kind of the same kind of work. So uh, yeah, very exciting. My first book and it's been in my head for many years and I finally got that opportunity to write it in 2020 when we all were on that, that long pause. <clears throat> I was working at Omega in HR in the uh, Uh, people and culture department, you know, that I had kind of like transitioned to nonprofit. I started at uh, One Spirit right before that in New York where I was ordained as an interspiritual minister and counselor. Um, Two things which I went into kind of like following spirit and just like, you know, I was working in, in HR but more in the corporate sphere and it was just not feeling like it was my work in the world. And my interest in spirituality and metaphysical things has been with me my whole life. So I just kind of said yes, you know, and and, uh, one thing led to another, I wrote my book, it came out and uh, I was so excited that Llewellyn said yes as well, you know, and uh, that was three years ago. And during that time, um, being that I was on the pause, I kind of was doing spiritual counseling as a, you know, something that was uh, a ministry of mine on the side as, as a part-time uh, work. And I realized, you know what? I really like counseling too. And um, so, so that's what I've, I've been doing as well. And I've transitioned now. I'm just about almost done with my, my degree and my master's program for clinical counseling. And I hope to combine that future in a more transpersonal type way.
0: Wow, that is incredible. So you've worked at the Omega Institute, you've taken this is through one spirit, right where you got Yes, your so I'm, a, I'm
1: an ordained minister and counselor through one spirit Learning Alliance in New York City. Uh, it's a fantastic program. It really is. It's for people that um, believe in interspirituality. And my book is very much focused on interspiritual practice. And what that means is, you know, we see that at the core of most spiritual practices, traditions, religions are like human truths that are true for all of us that kind of help people along. And some people may apply that into one tradition or some people, you know, we believe it's okay to practice more than one faith tradition, which is what I believe, and that's in my practice and I basically have three. Um, I am in like I said, I'm an interspiritual minister. I am also um, have been practicing nature spirituality for many years. So since I was in my teens, I've been a Wiccan uh, practitioner and priestess. And I also practice Lukumi, which is um, the the actual name for the tradition known as Santeria. Um, it kind of speaks to my background, you know, on my father's side, I'm Irish, Dutch, and, and a couple other things, you know, like a typical American. And on my mother's side, I'm from, my mother's from Puerto Rico, so it kind of combines my ancestry and my practices.
0: Wow, that is just absolutely fascinating. Congratulations on all this amazing work and your degree coming up, your new book. So I have delved into the ancestral stuff myself um, in a couple of different books. And you mentioned the ancestors. And one of the things you talk about is the importance or and the value of Ancestor veneration, and so I was wondering if you could just speak to that because it feels like it's becoming, fortunately, more prevalent now in the Western world than it used to be. And I really appreciated your section on that.
1: So would you speak to that as well? Absolutely. Um, so, like, the main pre- premise of my book is that human problems are st- started by with human thoughts and beliefs. Right? It's like how we, what we, how we live our lives is based on what we believe you know and things that have come out we've had a lot of benefits from modern beliefs but some things that have been left out of modern western belief is an example is ancestor veneration, which is a common belief of people that are either indigenous or um in some of the more eastern uh traditions like uh taoism um mm-hmm. in uh Hinduism in uh, different various places all around the world, indigenous people honor their ancestors and Europeans did too. you know what <laughs> they did for many, many, many centuries and even within the Catholic Church, they preserved part of that. Because they knew that wasn't something that people were going to easily give up and it, like when you look at all souls and all saints days those days are to honor your your dead and, and the holy dead right by letting that go, which is something that happened with the transition to Protestantism and over time, people have forgotten their ancestors. And when you forget who your ancestors are, you forget who you are, you know? And, and that's like one of the critiques that I talk about in my book is like, a lot of people are lost today because they don't have any connection with why they are the way they are. And you can look at it spiritually, or you could look at it like actually mentally, behaviorally, um, I think it's called epigenetics, and it's this is what is passed down like you inherit from your ancestors. We are who we are because of them. So we should honor not only their struggles, their history, what gave them strength, their resiliency. You know, we're here because they they survived. you know, and then also understand where they fell short because they're human. You know, and by doing that veneration and doing that work on a spiritual level, we can heal those patterns because it begins with awareness. You know, like they always say, the first step is is recognizing where problems are and then moving from there. So I think ancestor worship is vital. It, I'm so so glad to see so many people in different spheres talking about it. You know, even at the psychological level, because um, when we when we look at what what's passed down, and that includes trauma. You know, intergenerational trauma is a real thing. So healing those is really important. And you could do that with spiritual practice.
0: Yeah, everything you're saying is so true. Um, This book I had written called Heal Your Ancestors to Heal Your Life was where we were guiding people into visual encounters with things that happened to their ancestors and then sending healing light to that. And about the epigenetics, you know, you're right. They have proven and there's studies on the CDC website that show that the descendants from Holocaust survivors, for example, have higher levels of cortisol in the bloodstream. They are more stressed out. They have different markers for different diseases and that up to 50% of our personality is actually embodied through our ancestors. And so we can send love and light to those areas. We can start to honor those areas and it's just so important and you bring it out in such an important way. And the other thing along those lines I wanted to get into I have a forthcoming book um, on the goddess and I'm trying to ask myself because you know how like the more you study spirituality, the more you know that you don't really know anything. That's how I feel the like every you day. go
1: into the mystery. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you're going down the rabbit hole and I'm going, wow, you know, why are we so fascinated with the goddess right now? And I think it speaks to some of the things you talk about in your book as well, that there's something calling us from deep within us. And I, of course, love past life regression. And even 10 years ago, I would have said, well, you know what, Wendy, most of this is coming from our past lives. And I Mm -hmm. think that's true, but yet now because of this discussion we're having and the awareness that you're discussing as well, um, a lot of this, I think, is coming from the urgings of our ancestors, as you've said, to Mm -hmm. find out who are we. And I think it's almost embedded in our dna that we want to go back and engage in some of the practices that whether we want to realize it or not in the modern era we did do these kinds of practices at an ancestral or a past life level in times long gone our ancestors worshipped deities our ancestors revered nature and things and i think that it's just a calling that is getting um enlivened in us and And I feel that you are on the same page with this. So, could you speak to your thoughts on those kinds of things? Like, where do these influences come from?
1: I love that. Well, you know, I have an undergraduate degree in anthropology, and one of my teachers uh, put it this way forgive the football analogy, but he said if a football field is 100 yards, right, for 99 yards is prehistory of humanity, 99 yards, and only that last yard. Is the last 10,000 years or the Holocene. That's modern history. 10,000 years. So, if you can visualize that for 99 yards, we were all indigenous. Even right. before we were human, we were living in small groups. We were living in, in relationship with each other, relationship with nature, relationship with the earth. In those 99 yards, the earth was seen as a mother by all humans. That was our mother. We were embedded in that relationship. That was a reciprocal relationship. So exactly like you said, why is, you know, goddess so active and such a part of some of us just like when you were even speaking it like left out of my body like yes, because this is who we are, this is, this is what worked. So in that last 10,000 years we developed this civilization which is amazing we could do zoom we have, you know, so many wonderful medical accomplishes we have freedom that we never had let's be honest you know and ancient times collective culture kind of led to these civilizations where the individual didn't have any rights Mm -hmm. but we're destroying our planet because we don't no longer see the planet as holy so what we're going against is how do we get the thinking that we had for those 99 yards the thinking that kept us in a good relationship that we were having a sustainable relationship with the earth with nature with mother with other creatures with other plants and we were living in you know, a relationship that was healthy and sustainable. You know, even pre, if they they start thinking, they keep pushing the timeline back. But humanity goes back at least two hundred thousand years, pre-human or hominid goes back a million, two million years. That was a long time. And if we could destroy the planet in ten thousand years, that's a disaster. That's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, that's what my book talks about is like, let's let's keep the things we've ga- gained from modern history, but also start reaching back and start learning from these people that have still are still doing it. And those are the people that have that relationship. And the idea of goddess mother balance of deity is, you know, it's in internal in us. I think it's a pattern in our brains. I you know, agree. We mother, we have a father, you know, for a long time we haven't had that mother anymore. You know, I, I have a theory that basically the church made her the Holy Ghost you know, they kind of like, just don't talk about her sex, but that's who she is, you know? But, um, you know, we have the, the goddess. And I also believe that, you know, I am a believer that the earth is conscious, that we are just part of this conscious being. and And what we're seeing in nature is a reflection of her imbalance and her, you know, she's gonna survive. Like mother earth got rid of the dinosaurs, didn't she? You know, there's been at least 18 different types of humans that have come and gone, like we are the ones who are risking ourselves. She might go dormant into like a ice age for millions of years if we do let off some bombs or do some horrible things, but she'll survive. It's us who won't survive if we don't do something different, if we don't realize that the path we're on is unsustainable. Yeah, you're
0: exactly right. We're getting getting a lot of wake up calls here Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully we will.
1: many of us are getting that message many of us are so many people i know that are just like wow it's urgent you know it's like we have to do something we have to make differences we have to even make changes that are uncomfortable to us you know it might not be comfortable to make the decisions like oh we really all need to get off of fossil fuels that's reality
0: right absolutely and you talk about the earth and the elements that's another thing I've discussed over the years The the idea that we can balance and embrace the elements within nature that are within us as well, in um, the sacred circle so speak about that for a minute if you will.
1: So, I really think that you know the old saying is like as above so below or uh, we are the microcosm and of the, the macrocosm you know, so when we want to do healing we have to start with ourselves. and that's where the healing through nature comes. It's connecting to the elements, like recognizing how they are part of us at all times, you know, understanding the chakra system, because the chakra system is a beautiful pattern of of understanding for for ourselves and, and all those different layers of ourselves. And by, by recognizing that we have all earth, air, fire, water within us and we, we're dependent on these things. And taking it to another level, not only can we have a new appreciation for for the resources around us, but we learn from those things. When we kind of silent the critical mind or the logical mind, and we open to the non-logical, the the irrational, the artistic side, the inspirational side, we begin to change. And it's, it's over time, you know, and it be, can become as simple as like, you know, going through nature in an intent, going through the seasons in an intentional way. You know, and when and my book talks about like, um, I, I didn't want it just to be in my words, I wanted to speak about different traditions that I think are leading the way. I speak to three different practitioners of indigenous spirituality. And then I speak to three practitioners who practice Afro Caribbean um, spirituality, and three that practice uh, European reconstructed uh, traditions like uh, Wicca, Heathenism, and uh, Celtic on Anamantha. and the reason I do that is I want to see. I wanted to see: are there similarities? Are there, you know, how does nature fit into these practices? And they fits in in every single one of them, some way to connect to those spirits, elements, beings. I think that's a great point, and I loved that part of the book. Yes,
0: you're getting the different perspectives, and you think they're they are quote different but yet it's the same we're all we really do all have those fundamental similarities with each other even when i was working on this goddess project you look at um you know how the goddess manifests you know what what is her purpose for the society and you see that they're all throughout all cultures Throughout the ages, you know, we're dealing with fertility and agriculture and we're dealing with safety and tutelary deities and things like that. And these are, again, like you said, they're common amongst all people. And so it just gets you back into that energy of the fact that we are all a human family Mm -hmm. and that there is much to embrace within each other aside from our differences to realize that at the most fundamental level, we're still all one. I mean, that's where we're trying to get to. I think, you know, and I yeah, think that, that's wonderful. really where
1: I, where I go with it. Like, I, you know, I, I try to re- help people realize we can be allies. We can work together. You know, we have a lot of work to do. So it is great that people are recognized that that oneness.
0: Absolutely. And you also talk about another one of my favorite topics, um, Edgar Casey the father of holistic medicine and the idea of the new age beliefs and the channeling that can come through in that way as well and so what are your thoughts about why that has become so prevalent is it the same do you think but just a different wrapping paper or is it a different
1: phenomenon altogether i do believe that it is it, it is a practice of of mediumship it's the practice of of possession for lack of a better word but again taking it out of the western paradigm which says this kind of thing is evil and these are devils and this is demons talking and putting it in a paradigm that's accepting of it like with indigenous people in afro-caribbean traditions when the orisha mounts the practitioner and comes through they give blessings wisdom guidance clarification you know i mean and then go back in ancient times you know the oracle at delphi the spirit spoke and gave wisdom messages guidance And clarification, you know, prophecy. So I think channeling is just another form of this. And if you even go back, and I I said this in my book, like if you go look at the records of the witch trials from that are actually, you know, recorded from the 17th century in Europe, what was one of the things that the witches had was a familiar spirit. That familiar spirit that spoke to them and gave them guidance, wisdom, messages so i see that this channeling phenomenon that we're seeing in the new age these are spirits these are these are entities and could the entities have always been from you know another dimension or my son, my physics son doesn't like when i say that another reality he says mom dimensions are always misused in the in the new age community it's not like dimensions are the time and space and like before you know the the th- three-dimensional or two-dimensional he said, at least call it what what it really is. It's another reality, you know. And and today in physics, we're learning like they are multiple realities. They they really believe that. So where are these messages coming from? Are they spirits? What whatever we want to call them, but it is a phenomenon that is common and has always been with us, and it's in many different cultures.
0: Absolutely. And you talk about young, which is so important in the collective unconscious and how we tap into
1: all those collective things as well. Yeah, um, and getting back to Casey, he was amazing, right? I mean, I just, I, I can't get it. Like you said, he, he's the father of, of holistic living. He's the father of like, you know, eating healthy, you know, but he channeled his messages while he was asleep. And he channeled all that information about Atlantis and about past lives and, you know, I mean, and he was an American, you know, he was a modern American. He came from a religious background. He just had a gift and you know i've been to the edgar casey center in virginia and it's an amazing place and you know i i just think that why this is happening it's going to happen like the the west needed a spiritual awakening we are, are are the religions kind of have become stagnant or corrupted for lack of a better word i mean you see some of the stuff that's happening not saying that for some people and i know many people that it's meaningful to them it makes them better people you know, to be a, a practicing Christian, they get that connection to the divine very clearly. And I'm not just dis- not talking about that. I'm talking about institutionally. There's so many institutions now that no longer serve what they were intended to. And you know, as far as I'm concerned, like those institutions in the future are not going to be with us. That we're going to we're changing. You know, this is the time of the change.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of change um, in the works as we speak. And you mentioned chakras earlier. Um, friends, Wendy has a beautiful section about healing through the chakra centers. It's fantastic. It's very extensive. That's so important to do. And you talk also about how we could connect with the energy of plants mm. and speak to them. So how, how did you um, discover this and how can we do more of that?
1: Well, I'm going to give credit to my ancestors again, because I, my mother was an amazing gardener, her, my grandmother from Puerto Rico was an amazing gardener. So having the green thumb and the connection to plants, according to my cousins is very old in my family, you know, being uh, my sister's a uh, amazing herbalist, you know, she, she makes her own blends, you know, and she's also an ecologist, I want to say, I think that's her, she's an environmental scientist, so she designs um systems to clean the earth with plants she is a scientist wow. that knows how to do that and she's in demand she lives in san diego now her name is katrina i'm very proud of her but um relationship to plant begins with letting go of uh this part of our brain that we've been taught that says oh there's you know it's in your imagination that's not this is just an a non non-conscious entity. And that's not true at all. And ever since I was a, a little girl, I mean I've always kind of felt the energy in trees, plants, you know, herbs, grasses, everything. And uh yeah, it's just a beautiful practice and not only for on the level of medicine, right? People are really, you know, I started going attending green witchcraft classes years ago when I was in my twenties. But also on the the magical level right we can we can use herbs and and invoke or or work with the 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 spirits of the plants that will help us for healing and for doing different work
0: absolutely. I had gotten really into um gem and mineral healing mm. and I had written a couple of books for the Edgar Casey Foundation mm-hmm. in the earlier part of my career before I finally got back into the past lives and um you know, I was always telling people these stones are talking to me, and they all thought I was a nut. And you, one of the things you bring up in your book, which is so great, which I obviously I think is true, is that these plants and minerals and the things that the Creator put here for us, they all have spirit in them. They're they're connected to elementals, and we can communicate with them. They're communicating with us all the time, exactly. and I it's really beautiful reminder that you're giving us that yeah hello this is it you know we're co-inhabiting as you mentioned earlier this is a consciousness and we are co-creating
1: it's so it's so wonderful if we can let go of the conditioning that tells us that's all imagination and what is imagination right i mean for the people that sneer down at imagination every single thing that humans have created all these wonderful um inventions came from somebody's imagination, you know, like all sorts of architecture, bridges, tunnels, plumbing, that all came from somebody's vision of it happening, and then it became reality. So imagination should never be put down, you know, and when you hear people like telling children that are gifted, like, oh, you know, you don't have an imaginary friend, and that's all in your head or whatever, or, you know, they, they dream true, and they have these amazing dreams, and not encouraging them, that shuts that down. That shuts that down, and it's very hard to come to. I'm grateful that my mother never shut us down. She always encouraged that in us, you know. She and she, it's cultural, you know. It, it My mother's from Puerto Rico, and in in um, Latino culture, it's very much part of the culture to to believe in spirits, to be more animistic. Um, at least in my family, I should speak for myself. And those are all animistic beliefs. I really uh, think that that's again that core value that comes in all humanity from a very from our, our earliest ancestors is we had that knowledge, we had that understanding of spirits in all things. And over time we've, you know, with the ascent of the industrial mind, we lost that and everything became inert matter that's for us to use.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, a lot of the books that i write have guided imagery in them so people can go on past life regressions or wherever they're going and yeah i have to always remind people your imagination is how you open up to this if people are saying well i can't do this or this has never worked for me i think if we ask questions there's something that happens within the brain the brain will answer the question And if it comes out of left field and it seems a little nutty, then it's so easy because of our conditioning to say, well, that was weird or that was stupid, and then not really express that. And like you've said, we've got to hang on to it and just take the ride and see where it takes us. Even Einstein discussed the idea that, you know, if we want to get out of the situations that we're in, we're going to need creativity and we're going to need to follow that imagination into some new thing that we can create, which we have the ability to do, but only if we listen to that other dimensional material
1: exactly and and you know i wrote wrote about the idea of the non-rational wisdom that comes from opening to that and that's part of you know for lack of a better term shamanic wisdom that comes from that uh relationship with the other worlds right is that poetic uh non-rational images and information that comes through that in a in a society or a culture that honors that, that person might become an artist or a poet or um, their their words would be listened to by by, you know, their their people, their culture, their, you know, and then they would be tra- they would be trained by others who have the same gift to use it in a way that, you know, doesn't overwhelm them. And in our culture, you know, I I, I shared some information from some videos and. uh things that I've learned in clinical counseling that the same genes that are found in, that present for things like schizophrenia and um, bipolar and psychotic uh, clinical problems are also the same genes that also present for creativity and genius and inspiration. And we do need to learn how to know the difference. Obviously, I'm not minimizing the fact that people that have Severe mental illness aren't suffering I don't want it to be interpreted that way they are suffering and they need to be helped and honored validated and grounded really back into where they can you know know the difference and be able to. Inter- in- to integrate what that comes to them in a way that's healthy and also healthy for their environment, but again in the West if people have this kind of thinking this this non logical thing they're all they're either seen as crazy or that's it's, it's in their heads it's not real you know and that's been damaging people and to our culture
0: yes um i completely concur with what you're saying there is a fine line between the creative inspiration that's coming in and then, like you said, if somebody is actually having an actual clinical diagnosis, and I think there is a fine line with understanding where that line exists and not just putting people into a box and saying, okay, they're done. I mean, we have to open to embrace the fact that some really interesting problems can be getting solved Mm -hmm. from some of these creative geniuses who have perhaps been labeled. Um, Sometimes they need like you said, they need what they need, but sometimes perhaps labeled um, in ways that are not empowering them to use that gift and use that creativity to help all of us get out of the things that we're trying to get out of today. You know, I think right, that's like the, the
1: shamans of, of the um, South America have put it so well, it's time for humans to dream a new dream because the dream we're dreaming has become a nightmare. And that's the gift of people who have vision is is they can dream a new dream they're able to let go of conditioning see something in a new way that innovation so exactly there is an absolutely fine line between madness and genius right yes
0: yes i think you're exactly right and i love i just wanted to bring back up here it is again kids guess what i my book i got a copy too the cauldron is such a beautiful title you're you're talking about the invigoration and the rekindling of this so talk about that you have that at the end of the book but speak to this title that you've given it which i love and how we can re our our passions and our gifts from times long gone
1: and and into today how do we bring that today you know um the the cauldron is such a powerful symbol in so many different cultures in this case i see it as the earth's belly you know like that fiery core that she has like we know again through science that she's made of like molten lava and that if she if we see her as a conscious entity you know we are losing our connection with that you know She again I don't believe she's going out, I think that we are relighting it within ourselves relighting that devotion to seeing the earth is holy and that we it's our duty it's our. Not just like I mean even in the best case Western idea of like we're stewards of the planet, I don't think that's helpful either because we're not stewards we're not in charge nature's in charge, we have to realize we're completely dependent on nature we are we cannot live without this idea that we're just going to you know find planet b and and escape on elon musk's you know as spaceships it's just like wow how dysfunctional is that we're just going to leave this amazing planet and, and everything but this is our home this is we are the species of earth and and relighting that core in us that knows that is what this book is about you know that fire in our belly to to survive for ourselves as a species and to become more connected with nature and with not just humans, with the rest of creation. Realizing that, that you know, we're in a seventh uh, extinction state right now. There are millions of animals dying off, never to come back. That's a tragedy. It's not yeah. talked about enough.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's
1: my, my image of the cauldron and the cauldron is also the magical cauldron, right? When we really can put aside our, Our belief that, you know, we can't do magic, but magic is real and we could do it with our intentions and with living in a different way, you know, trying to incorporate these um, ancient and inspired nature practices to live in a better way.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of that, um, you and your partner, Chris, have a beautiful healing center in New York, and I want you to definitely tell us about it. Tell us about your beautiful place.
1: Well, it's a humble home is really what it is. We have a little, uh, you know, home with some land, uh, about three and a half acres just outside of Kingston. Um, before the pandemic and the before times, we had visioned it for having in-person uh, monthly circles and and healing uh, spaces. And at right now we're meeting monthly. We have a group that's kind of going. I, I've taught, um, I do a lot on Zoom. Um, And then we have gatherings that people come over and um, you know we hope to do more of that in the future and really it's our retreat it's our space to to connect with the land and kind of practice what we preach you know I, I have a garden. I mean I lived I I'm from New York City originally and then I've lived my life in New York and New Jersey, most of the time and. I moved back, to, I, you know, I raised my kids like I was raised in northern New Jersey, I raised them in central New Jersey. And when they were done with high school, I was like, I miss New York, I'm gonna go back to the city, you know, I I, I have a side of me that loves that. But when I was there, I was like, wow, I didn't realize that my garden is like my therapy. <laughs> you know, like, I was there for about three years, and I said, I need to have a garden again, I need to to have my garden to have that relationship with the earth. and So I'm happy to say that I have a nice garden here. We built a a greenhouse that we, you know, grow food. We don't grow enough to feed us all year, but it is really nice to have, you know, some food that we grow. And yeah, we're really happy with our spot here.
0: I think it's fantastic. So Wendy, you're amazing. I love your book. I think it's fantastic. Kids, I highly recommend this one. I'm going to have the links below and the links to uh, Reverend Wendy's website and you need to go check it out lots of wisdom here, lots to love. I wish you great success, continued success, and on your amazing journey that you can't wait to see where it's going to go next now that you're getting your new degree and you're just going on and on and on. I know it's going to be great.
1: Thank you so much, Shelly. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to meet with you too, and and I look forward to reading your new book. And you know, if collaborating in the future, I I think that would be awesome. So I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you for interviewing me. And I, I do hope people are inspired by this work. That's the main intention. It's like it, it's a work that's about social justice for the planet. Absolutely. So tell us your website. Um, It's www.soulblossomcenter.com. Yes. And
0: I'll have the links below and I'll have the links to your book and we loved having you and i will see you i know in the future
1: all and right friends and one upcoming thing i'm going to be uh teaching about my book at the parliament of world religions in chicago in august i'm pretty excited about that because a lot of what is in my book was inspired my by, by my attendance there and my my witness of the passion of the indigenous people who showed up to do earth justice work so Um, That's going to be in Chicago in mid-August at the Parliament of the World Religions. Wow, that's fantastic.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Check it all out on her website and so much more. And friends, we've done it again, another episode of Healing Arts. So just um, love our earth. Check out Wendy's book. And I will look forward to connecting with you again on the next episode of Healing Arts. Hey friends, guess what? My new book, Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds, Understand Your Soul's Journey Through Time, is out and available. And you can order this book and visit ancient civilizations, including prehistory hunter-gatherers, Mesopotamia, Babylon, the Persian Empire, Egypt, Greece, Europe, the Americas, Rome, Asia and Australia, and travel into other worlds, including Atlantis and Lemuria, outer space, and so much more. This book features over 50 guided journeys to help you understand your soul's journey through time. So check it out. Visit my website, pastlifelady.com, click on the book link, and order Past Lives in Ancient Lands and Other Worlds, today. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at Past Life Lady or connect with me on Facebook at Past Life Lady.